The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. A review of Disney Wonder coming up on this week's show. Going to answer a couple of shore excursion questions about Northern Europe excursions to take. Before we go with Sherry Kennedy and doing cruise news, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Cruise Radio News, our Facebook group, come and kick around the cruise conversation over there. Also, I'm going to Bermuda in a couple of weeks, and I've never been before. Thinking about just sticking with the basics on what to do when I'm, when I'm over there. So uh, shoot me an email and let me know what there is to do or what I should check out. They say the beaches are really cool. Doug at cruiseradio.net. And finally, so I was on Carnival Horizon, as you know, for 14 days. Did the transatlantic sailing from Barcelona to New York City. And I took a lot of video while I was on the ship. So I uploaded them on a Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Be forewarned, my specialty is audio and not video. So the video kind of sucks. But if you want to see what Carnival Horizon is like, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, Just go to youtube.com and type in Cruise Radio, or I'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. All right. Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Busy Cruise News Week. Royal Caribbean has detailed the prices on their multi-million dollar makeover at Coco Key. So let's talk about that and the makeover they're actually doing. Well, I'll start with what they're doing, and it, it's like, you know, it's like one big sandbox that they're going to start, and it seems like they're building everything brand new. There's going to be a new pier that opens this November. Uh, you guests will be able to access the island directly from the ship. You won't take a tender boat, so I think everyone's going to be happy with that. They're going to have a, a helium balloon, you know, like a, a hot air balloon thing tethered, mm-hmm. where you'll be able to take rides up and down. Um, as long as the ropes don't break, I think it sounds like fun. There's going to be something called Chill Island and Oasis Lagoon, which is a large freshwater pool. That's going to open this year, too. So they're really, um, you know, charging ahead full speed with this. They want to get this ready for winter cruising. Then in May of 2019, they're having this new Thrill Water Park and a zip line are going to open. Also, a new complimentary dining venue called Skipper's Grill and a place called Captain's Jack with Captain Jack, and it will have a la carte pricing. So I don't know if they're still going to have the, you know, those barbecues with the cornbread and the fried chicken and, mm. <laughs> and the ribs. I didn't see any news about that thing, but it sounds like Skipper's Grill will be the same thing. Um, and the pricing uh, is interesting. The Thrill Water Park for next year is going to have 13 water slides, a wave pool, and they will have a free dining venue in there. Prices are going to go from $44 to $99 per person for a full day at the water park. They're going to also sell half-day tickets, which I think is a good idea, and that's going to range from $39 to $74 per person. The zip line, now this is going to be interesting. That's going to cost between $70 and $139, but you can bundle it into a package with the Thrill Water Park 
and save some money at $89. So this is now, interesting. Still- yeah, Sherry, we'll, um, we'll stop there with the prices, but this is interesting because so people wanted a water park experience on a cruise. They were going over the, to the Atlantis in Nassau, and they were paying like $199 yeah. per person. So Royal Caribbean doing a full day for, what, $99 per person and a half day for $74 person, uh, $74 per person. That's actually a good deal, and it's going to be seasonal pricing, correct? Yeah, as far as I know, that's what it yeah. said. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because, like, you compared it with Atlantis, a day in Atlantis. I don't know if, you know, if you have water park um, – Fanatics, they're probably yeah. still going to do both. <laughs> yeah, it's just but, a lot, uh, a lot cheaper doing the Royal Caribbean one, and plus they'll be making the money, not giving it to Atlantis. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. You know, gone are the days of the volleyball court, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the and the seven dollar a day uh, floaty rentals. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah Norwegian Cruise Lines, Norwegian Bliss has finally been christened. We've been talking about it for what seems like years. Uh, where is she sailing? And give us the details. Yeah, you know, she came over and she went across from Barcelona, did the inaugural tours around the seaboard, New York, Miami, went through the Panama Canal, the biggest ship to do that, biggest cruise ship, rather, um, had an inaugural in L.A. and then moved up the coast to Seattle for the big festivities. And now she's going to be, that's her home port, and she'll be sailing seven-day voyages to Alaska, round trip from Seattle, and then in October, the ship will reposition to Los Angeles for Mexican Riviera cruises. And eventually, the Norwegian Bliss will go eastbound through the Panama Canal and start doing Eastern Caribbean itineraries from Miami. And then uh, when 2019 gets here, the ship's going to go back up to New York and do Bahamas and Florida cruises and some Western and Southern Caribbean, too. So she will end up back in New York, that's interesting because it was built for Alaska with the whales on the hull and all that. So still cold water up in New York. Yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of Norwegian Cruise Line, in fact, I had a chance to do the go-karts on there a couple of weeks ago when she was in New York City. But Norwegian Cruise Line just raised the prices on the go-kart experience from what to what? Yeah, well, when you were there, it was $7 per person per experience from Mm -hmm. what I understand. But now... As they've done in the past, they have just upped the ante on that. And now, to make a reservation, is $9.95 per person. What do you think about that? Is that a bait and switch? If $2.95 is going to stop you from cruising a cruise line because of that, I don't think you should probably be cruising that line anyway. Because they will be, um, there's a lot of extra expenses on Norwegian. A lot of them are worth it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I, I do agree. $2.95 isn't isn't a lot. But, you know, it's, it's just disappointing. And they probably just had to do a readjustment. I'm sure it was very popular too, right? I mean, everyone wants to do it for $7. Yeah. You jack it up a little more, less people are going to do it. I mean, it's kind of like, remember how popular uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville was on would it launch on uh, Getaway? Uh, it was free when it started. Now it's paid, correct? Yeah, it was, then they started doing a la carte pricing. You, you know, you pick this and that, mm-hmm. and now it's a flat rate of fourteen ninety five per person. Yeah, so a little increase, yeah. $7.995, still really fun, totally worth it. I mean, I think I would pay as much as – I would probably pay 20 to do it because you're in the ocean and you're on a go-kart track going wide open, like – Total adrenaline rush to me. So anyway, that's just my take. Uh, let's see what else we have here. MSC Cruises takes delivery of MSC Seaview. Uh, what's next for this ship? And when are we going to see her stateside? 
Okay, well, the Seaview is a second ship in the Seaside class, and like Seaside, it, it, it looks like um, a condo building, if you use some of your imagination on that, and, you know, and it stresses a lot of outdoor spaces. She will be cruising this summer in the Mediterranean, and after that, she's going to go to South America for the winter, so I don't know when the Seaview is going to be here. They haven't said, as far as I know. It's the third MSC new build to enter service in 12 months, which is pretty aggressive, and it's the 15th ship to join the line's global fleet. As far as when the sea view comes here, may not happen. We've got the seaside. Sophia Loren, she has been like the godmother of every, almost every <laughs> one of their cruise ships, correct? That's right. That's right. I did not see, however, where Andrea Bocelli hmm. was on hand for this one. I was reading the article and he's always doing the, um, you know, the two or three songs yeah. for, for the inaugural, but I didn't, he might've been, but it didn't make the headlines that I read. He might've been playing a gig in Vegas. Oh, I hope not. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's probably a red rock he's, right yeah. out in uh, Colorado. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, cruise line cancels cruises to the big Island of Hawaii because of the volcano eruption. This is really sad. Uh, what are the details on these cancellations? Yeah, it is really sad. So many people have lost their homes. Well, several cruise lines that either circumnavigate the Hawaiian Islands or you know, included on a Vancouver, Hawaii, L.A. run or over to Australia, they've all canceled mm-hmm. the stop at Hilo. They're still going to Hawaii, and the uh, the port of Kona on the Big Island is still open for business. It's It's far enough away. It's not in the path of the of the, um, the, few, the flumes or anything like that. So you can still go to the Big Island, but what they're also doing then, and the cruise lines in question are Crystal, Norwegian, Oceana. Princess also goes there, but only to Kona on the Big Island, so that's not even an issue. Um, Hilo is really close to uh, also the national park, and it, it, people, you can rent a car when you go to Hawaii. You don't need a special driver's license or anything. And, you know, people were driving towards the National Park, which, again, is, like, not a smart thing to do. So rather than have any problems, so they've scrubbed Hilo. Um, some of them are are doing, like, a second stop in Maui, mm-hmm. I read, which, you know, you can't, <laughs> that's not so bad. Or an overnight in Honolulu, too. So they're compensating. They're not just eliminating a port. You're getting you're getting another experience in Hawaii, just it won't be Hilo. Sherry, do you think as far as pricing goes for Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America, this volcano is going to have an impact on any of the sailing prices? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I'm thinking maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, they run high. Yeah. Those prices definitely, oh, totally. I have never seen them falter very much. So they may quiver a little bit, but... Basically, you know, you're out of harm's way. You get the same experience on Pride of America as you would, except for not Hilo, you go to Kona. Mm-hmm. So, Today's listener question comes from Chris in regards to hurricane season. Of course, uh, hurricane season started on June 1st, so a few days ago. What are some precautions for cruising during hurricane season? These fares in August look too good to pass up. Chris from Denver. Well, Chris is right. They really are pretty good. Even in September, they, they drop like rocks, but... He's right. They're really good during hurricane season, and there is a reason for it. And I've just made a little, quick little list here of reasons um, why you should go and how you do prepare for it, which is what he was asking. And the first thing you need to do is be sure and get a travel insurance policy. Of course, we always, you know, we're sounding like sounding like broken records about that, but you want to have a cancel for any reason waiver included. That way. 
if there is a chance that there's going to be a hurricane, you know, it's looking a couple weeks out and, uh uh-oh, it's getting kind of iffy, you'll be able to cancel. Mm -hmm. You have to purchase the insurance within 14 to 21 days of the cruise deposit. And also, you know, be of the mindset that you might have to divert to other ports if the weather should suddenly uh, develop some weird frontal system and that you have to get out of the way. So, you know, be prepared that you might not go to the port that you thought you were going to go to. I would say buy your seasick meds or ask your doctor what you should buy. Just have them just in case. It doesn't hurt. And sometimes just having it in your suitcase is placebo enough effect that you don't even feel any effects of the rough seas. Book a stateroom low and in the middle of the ship just in case it does get rough out there. You don't want to be in you know, at the bow and the top deck, that would unless you like to rock and roll and, and um, be airborne when the ship goes up and down like that. Actually, Sherry, send me one of your articles, and I'll put it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net, because we can go on and on about this, and we can't because of time. Talking with Sherry Kennedy from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Allison and her family recently returned on a seven-night cruise aboard Disney Wonder. It was a Bahamian cruise out of Galveston, Texas. Allison joins us on the line. Hey, Allison. Hey, Doug. So I got to ask you, this was your very, very first cruise. So what made you want to sail Disney Wonder out of Galveston, Texas? Because you're up in Michigan. We are. So there were really three reasons that we chose to do this particular cruise. Um, The first is that we're Disney fans. I'm a Disney person. We Mm -hmm. visited the parks, and we were really interested in trying out the cruise line. I'm also a big Christmas person, and that's a light time of year for my work. So the very merry time cruises pretty much went to the top of the list as an easy time for us to travel. Mm -hmm. And then as we were narrowing that down, um, we noticed that the Galveston cruises are somewhat more reasonably priced. I think they're a little bit less popular than like the Port Canaveral cruises for people who want to add that Disney stay before or after. Mm -hmm. So we decided let's sail out of Galveston. Okay. I guess the fourth reason would be because you live in Michigan and the weather is probably brutal in December as well. 
Completely. There was <laughs> over a foot of snow on the ground when we left. Oh, wow. So you, you make your way from Michigan down to Houston and on to Galveston. How was your embarkation process? Our embarkation process was fantastic. So as you mentioned, we're first-time cruisers, so we didn't have a particularly early port arrival time. Um, and we did a pre-cruise stay at the Hilton Galveston Island. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, and we actually took the hotel shuttle to the port. Okay. I would recommend that to other Galveston cruisers. We just signed up the night before. It went right on time. It was quick. And I would say about from the time that we got dropped off by the hotel shuttle until the time that we walked on the trip, it was about 40 minutes. This is probably due to us being first-time cruisers. Like, mm -hmm. we dropped the luggage. We took our five-year-old to use the restroom, going through security, checking in. We did the photo opportunity, again, first-time cruisers, um, walking onto the ship. So it was 40 minutes, but it was smooth. We never sat and waited. And something special that they do when you board a Disney Cruise Line ship is that they announce your family name as you enter the atrium. And that was a really fun and special way to embark on our cruise. So we had a great embarkation day. Now, this being your first cruise, what were your first impressions once you crossed the gangway and walked into the atrium there? I love the look of the Disney ships. I think they're beautiful. I love that they look like the old-fashioned steamliners, mm -hmm. and the Disney Wonder really did not disappoint. The facilities in the ship are gorgeous. The ship went through a dry dock in 2016 that was pretty extensive, and in my opinion, it looks like a brand-new ship. We really liked that it was sort of an understated elegance around the ship. And I really appreciated all the little Disney touches, like the hidden Mickeys mm -hmm. that you can find around the ship. One thing that we did as first-time cruisers on our embarkation day to get a first impression of the ship was we went on the walking tour, mm -hmm. and it was really informative. So if other first-time cruisers are interested, the times are in the navigator that they give you when you get on the ship. Um, and that was a great way to meet some cast members and get some tips about navigating the ship. Other first impressions were, it's very chilly in Galveston in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, and so you often hear that when you get on a ship, you should do the sit down embarkation lunch um, because it's less crowded than, than the buffet. This was actually the opposite in Galveston because it was chilly outside. People wanted to eat at that sit down restaurant Triton's, which mm -hmm. is inside off the atrium and it was packed. So we went up to the buffet it wasn't very full. We easily found a table inside for lunch, although we would have happily eaten outside because cold in Galveston is not the same as <laughs> cold in Michigan. Right. Um, so those were our first impressions. Nice. Now, uh, what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We booked a deluxe ocean view stateroom with a veranda and it was on deck six. Um, we thought this stateroom was very spacious for our family of three with plenty of storage. As first-time cruisers, you can be a little bit nervous mm -hmm. about just how small staterooms are going to be, but we thought it was great. Our five-year-old daughter really loved the couch that converts down to a twin bed, mm -hmm. and we appreciated that they had these really heavy curtains between kind of the kid couch area and the adult area, and then a really heavy blackout curtain over the balcony door because we like to sleep in. Um Something else my daughter loved about the stateroom is that we had a wonderful stateroom attendant and he put um, Disney princess sheets on her bed several oh. nights. And that was just amazing for her. But it was a beautiful stateroom. We were really glad to have that balcony and to be able to sit out there at night and early in the morning. 
Now, Disney, let's uh, transition to dining here. Disney has the rotational dining. So as a first-time cruiser, what did you think about the, you know, the kind of the different dining room or going to a different dining room every night? So we really enjoyed that. It was easy to figure out where you were assigned. Um, they put your rotation right on your key card, so you can just look there and see where you're dining every night. So there's three restaurants on The Wonder. There's Triton's, um, which has sort of a French flavor. There's Animator's Palette, which is themed after the wonderful Disney animation. And there's also Tiana's Place, which, of course, is themed for Princess Tiana from the movie The Princess and the Frog. We loved all three restaurants. We thought their attention to detail in the theming and the decor was superb. We really enjoyed the animation shows that they do at Animator's Palette, some of which involve drawings made by cruise guests. And then we also really liked um, at Tiana's Place, they had both live music, uh, like a jazz combo, and also the characters from the film come around and visit your table and we'll take pictures. So that was really fun, of course, for our daughter to stay entertained um, with the music and the character visits and the animation at those restaurants. We had um, late dining, which we were stay up late and sleep in people. Mm -hmm. um, and we really liked that because it meant our daughter could always go to the show early and then she could eat quickly. And on the Disney Cruise Line, they have something called dine and play at the second seating where the youth cast members will come and pick up kids who want to go up to the kids club and play. Oh, cool. So she could get done eating. And then my husband and I could hang out, um, linger over our desserts for a little bit and then go up and pick her up from the kids club. That was a fantastic service that we really enjoyed. Now, I've never sailed uh, Disney before, so I'm just curious how Animator's Palette works. Is it something like, are you actually like, drawing on your placemat and it's getting like um, projected onto the wall? Is that how that works? Yeah, you are. So you do that one of the nights that you dine there on a seven-night cruise, and they do. They give you this placemat um, with some guidelines for drawing out a character, um, and then after a while, your um, server comes around and collects those. And then after the meal, they do a show on the TV screens where they take the characters that you drew and you animated them. Um, so again, for my five-year-old daughter who loves to draw, this was just a huge highlight. She thought it was great. And it, I mean, the adults enjoyed it too. It was really fun. Man, Disney doesn't miss a beat, do they? No, they know what they're doing <laughs> yeah. for the whole family. Definitely. Uh, did you get to do any of the specialty dining venues on there? So we did. Um, the Wonder has one specialty dining venue. It is called Palo, and it's an adult-only restaurant. They serve dinner every night and brunch on sea days. Um, we didn't want to miss any nights in the main dining room, so we scheduled a brunch. Um, our daughter happily went and played in the Oceaneers Club for a couple of hours. The brunch was fantastic. Very good. I would highly recommend it. The upcharge is $30 per person, um, and the brunch, they have a very large buffet of like charcuterie and pastries um, and other kind of Italian Mediterranean inspired specialties. And then they also have a brunch menu that has some breakfast dishes and some lunch dishes that you can order as much as you want off of. It was an excellent experience and I'd highly recommend it. Do they have any seafood on the buffet? Yes, the they did. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Well, let's talk about, uh, so you, you mentioned you went to the buffet the very first day. Did you like that? Yeah, so the buffet on the Disney Wonder is called Cabanas. Mm -hmm. We thought it was completely serviceable. We really liked the food. We loved the little dessert buffet they have in there. Um, we never had trouble getting a table, even at fairly peak times, um, and thought it was very good. We also, cruising with a small child, 
ate several sort of lunch and snack meals at the um, Pete's Boiler Bites and Pinocchio's Pizzeria, which is, you know, the grill and the pizza place by the pool. Um, And that's also where they have the soft serve ice cream machine. We had those quite a lot. Again, the five-year-old daughter thought it was great to just walk up there and get whatever she wanted whenever she wanted. Um, And it was very good. Very cool. As far as entertainment goes on the uh, Disney Wonder, how was the entertainment for you? As you know, Disney is an entertainment company that also has some cruise ships. <laughs> they really do the entertainment upright. Mm-hmm. So the evening shows on this cruise included three of their Broadway-style shows, two first-run films, and two guest performers. The shows were The Golden Mickeys, Disney Dreams, and Frozen. We loved them all. We would watch them again if we went on the Disney Wonder again. Um, the two films they showed, we actually sailed on the premiere date for Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were so excited about that, but we actually never went to see it because we wanted to enjoy the ship. <sighs> we saw Coco another night, um, and then they had two guest performers, the magician and the musician. We only went to see the magician. That was really fun. Our daughter had never seen a magician before, mm-hmm. and she really enjoyed that. She was like standing on the edge of her seat, like mm-hmm. completely mesmerized by magic. Uh, with the like the movie, like when they showed the Star Wars premiere, is there actually like an actual movie theater on board, or is it like shown in the main theater? There are two theaters on board. There's the smaller theater where they show movies on a regular basis, and then the larger theater where they have the live shows. In the case of the Star Wars movie premiere, they actually showed it in both theaters the night that it um, premiered. And I think one of them had it in 3D and one of them had it in 2D. Cool. Uh, how was the um, the cruise director on board? She was phenomenal. Her name was Ashley. She did a great job. My daughter thought she was a celebrity mm-hmm. um, because we would watch Good Morning Disney Wonder in the mornings and uh-huh. she would be on the TV and then we would see her around the ship. Um, and I, I think my daughter wants to be Ashley when she grows up. But she did a really nice job running the entertainment. She appeared on stage in some of the shows. Um, we thought she was great. Cool. Now, on this seven-night sailing, um, you went to Key West, Nassau, and Castaway Key. So let's start with uh, Key West. How was that? Key West is a place that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, I grew up traveling to Key West with my family on a really regular basis. And so what we did in Key West was we just kind of walked around the downtown, visited some of our old haunts, um, and then we did a trolley tour as well to see just some of the kind of important historic sites around the island. It's a beautiful island, and we love it. And then how about Nassau? In Nassau, we really only got off the ship to do a little bit of Christmas shopping there. This was our first cruise, and we really had a big goal of just getting to know the ship and enjoying the ship, so we didn't spend much time off the ship in Nassau. And then last but not least, Castaway. How was that? Castaway, we were off the ship the whole day. (laughs) (laughs) We actually started the day, my husband um, and I are runners. So Mm -hmm. we both did the Castaway Key 5K. So you kind of sign up for that ahead of time. It's actually free to run this 5K. They give you a race number and a medal, and it's included in your cruise fare. Um, You line up. In one of the theaters in the morning, they take you off the ship. They do a little starting line, and you run this 5K around the island. Our daughter went to Scuttles Cove, which is the island um, kids club, Mm -hmm. while we were running. That was great. But after we ran, we pretty much spent the rest of our time on the beach and on the water slides. Um, We rented some kayaks in the afternoon to paddle around and look at some of the sea life in the ocean. Um, We did eat lunch at the barbecue on the island. It was delicious. There 
They had burgers, hot dogs, chicken, salad, fruit. My daughter was in heaven. Um, one of her major goals before the cruise was to eat watermelon on the beach. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that's what she wanted to do, and that's what she did. With the, uh, the 5K you ran, did they give you a chip for that? It is not chip timed. No. It's very unofficial. Gotcha. Okay. Now, on the island, of course, the ship actually docks there, so there's no tender ports going back and forth. You can get off right when it docks, and then like, what time did y'all leave there? I want to say that we disembarked from Castaway around 4.30 in the afternoon. So it was okay. a pretty full eight-hour day at the island. I've never been. Is it a pretty walkable island, or do they have trolleys on there for folks who have trouble walking? Yeah, so they do have trams that take you around. We did not go further than the first family beach, but past that, there's a second family beach, a snorkel area, and a huge adults-only area. So if you're going all the way to the adults-only area, which is called Serenity Bay, Mm -hmm. it would certainly be worth taking a trolley. We stuck pretty close, um, and so we walked everywhere. Plus, we had some calories to walk off. Right. I hear you. Leaving Castaway and going back over to Texas, how were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion were concerned? So the Wonder is one of Disney's smaller ships. It never seemed busy at all. We frequently would show up to an activity that we wanted to do only a couple minutes early, and we were always able to find a seat and participate. Um, The pool areas on Disney ships are pretty notoriously small, but again, they were serviceable for our daughter. She really enjoyed playing in the splash zones, playing in the kids' pool, going down the water slide. We never had trouble finding a seat by the pool. We hardly waited in line for the water slide. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot going on all over the ship. There were so many activities that we wanted to do and participate in. And three sea days are what we had on this ship. And I actually feel like it wasn't enough. We would have done more sea days. Uh, How were the restaurants on sea days? We thought that they were completely fine. Mm -hmm. So on sea days, we would normally get a late breakfast at Cabana's near the time that it was closing. And it was always quite light. Um, We ate poolside quite a bit on the sea days. And again, we rarely waited um, in line. And frequently on sea days, because we had late dining, we would order some room service around 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon to have kind of a second lunch. Um, Again, it didn't take long to be delivered. So we thought it was completely fine. Okay. Now, this ship doesn't have the aqueduct, does it? No, it does not. But it does have the twist and spout water slide. Okay. Now, did you have any um, water slide time with you and the husband or was it just a daughter thing? I think we all went down the water slide. It took a little convincing to to get my five-year-old to give it a try. Uh Um, Took her up the stairs and she was a little unsure. And I, you know, sent her down before me. And when I got to the bottom, she wasn't there. And I looked around and the lifeguard said she had a huge grin on her face and she went right back up the steps. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think she went on it six times in a row that day. Wow, to have that energy, right? To climb up there six times in a row. Yeah, I think I only maybe did it twice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So you make your way back to Galveston. How was your disembarkation? Well, it was terrible because we didn't want to leave. Uh Um, But the process itself was very smooth. Because we had a small child with us, we had lots of luggage, and we didn't want to walk it off ourselves. So we put our suitcases out the night before and kind of went through the whole final morning structures that you're supposed to go through. So we had our 8 a.m. breakfast in Triton's. And we actually just kind of hung around the ship until they called the last group. Our flight wasn't until 4 p.m. We were really hedging our time bets there. Mm -hmm. So we sat in the lounge. And when they called the last group, they dragged us kicking and screaming off the ship. (laughs) 
So we walked off, we picked up our luggage. It took maybe 10 minutes. Um, On this particular sailing, we had already been through customs at Key West. So Mm -hmm. we didn't have to do that in Galveston. So it was a very quick walk off. Do you have any first time tips to offer anyone sailing Disney Wonder? I have a couple. And my first is really sort of for Disney people. A Disney cruise is not the same as going to a Disney theme park. You do not need to pre-plan every minute of your trip like you do when you're going to a Disney park. There are some things that you can reserve ahead of time, but my recommendation is leave plenty of time each day open to experience things as they happen on the ship. The Disney magic is really everywhere, and the real magic of a Disney cruise is just being able to spend time with your family. Um, My second recommendation is if someone cruises one of Disney's holiday or specialty cruises like this Very Merry Time cruise or the Halloween cruises that they do, make sure you check your navigator for any of the special seasonal or unique events that make these cruises special. Um, We were able to attend several Christmas events like Mickey's Tree Lighting Magic and the Deck the Deck Holiday Party where the characters came out and played games with the kids. And going to these special events really made this cruise like a fun and unique experience that we might not have again. Right. Now, looking back, uh, what was the biggest highlight for your family? Being on the ship together was really the biggest highlight for us. Mm -hmm. Um, The personal highlight was the very final night of the cruise. We had seen the matinee show of Frozen, so we had some extra time before dinner to hang out by the pool. The pool was super quiet, and my family just hung out. We sat in the hot tub. We watched a Disney movie on the Funnel Vision. And for me, that's what cruising is all about, enjoying those special moments with your family. So that was really my highlight. For sure. Uh, Final thoughts of Disney Wonder. Disney Wonder is a wonderful ship for families, for Disney fans, for anyone who appreciates a really high attention to detail and high level of service. And we are looking forward to sailing her again someday. So you just answered my very final question is, will you cruise again? So I guess that's a resounding yes. Yeah. Yep. We are cruise people now. Awesome. Very good. We're talking with Allison about her seven nights sailing on Disney Wonder to Bahamas Key West and Castaway Key. Allison, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. We always like getting your cruise questions. If you have one you'd like to share, drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Fielding today's shore excursion questions is Shelly from cruisingexcursions.com. Hey, Shelly. Hi, Doug. Our first question comes from Harvey. Which port offers the best scenic tour, Dublin or Belfast? Actually, Harvey's question, I think, is quite difficult because both are really, really beautiful. Um, It goes without saying that uh, Ireland has some of the most stunning scenery, you know, over in Europe that you can ever see. So it's quite a difficult one. But I'd always go um, potentially if you had to kind of make a decision with Dublin. And the reason that I would choose Dublin is that our tour that we've popped together for you will show you the coastline of Glendalough, which is famous for its seven churches. And it'll also go through a glacial valley in Wicklow. So the scenery and the photo stops are truly stunning. Very, very vast and very, very green. And then you go over to Dublin itself, um, you know, have stops over at Temple Bar, which it's obviously very famous for. And everyone likes to have a little drink of the Irish beer. Mm-hmm. And then if you go over to Belfast, You've also got the Giant's Causeway, which is the interlocked basalt columns, which is all along this um, sort of coastline from the volcanic eruption. So it's really difficult one to choose. And also, if you were to choose to go on the tour in Belfast, one of the most beautiful towns in the area you get to visit as well, which is called Ballycastle. And it's one of these typical tiny harbour towns. 
so you can see all the little fishing boats and maybe have a little drink in an Irish pub and beautiful bridges so both are really really good in their own right and both we have amazing tours for. If you are like a castle person would you recommend one over the other? If you were a castle person, I would definitely go for Belfast because it is it is a little bit more historical than scenic. So, yes, I'd, I'd recommend Belfast if you're a little bit more castly. Next question comes from Tina. She says, we're going to Naples this summer. Any must-dos? Oh, there are so many in Naples. I mean, what a fabulous port of call to kind of visit. The one that took my breath away, because I've been on a, quite a few there, was Essential Collection Pompeii, Sorrento and Positano View. Now, this one, you'll spend a couple of hours over at Pompeii and go with a guided sort of uh, walking tour of the ruined city and the heritage site. But then afterwards, the day takes a complete dramatic turn and you go all along the winding roads of the Amalfi Coast. Lots of photo stops to take some of the most famous photographs that you can get, you know. And then fabulous time spent in Sorrento, having a limoncello and just really exploring the city on some free time. It's a beautiful day out. I always get so torn when I go to Naples because it's like, okay, do I want to do an excursion or do I want to spend all day drinking pizza, wine and beer? You know? Either are really good options. If you've never visited before, I'd always go to Pompeii first. Right. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. But then obviously, you know, you do have to try the, you know, the pizza and what better place. Sam asks, um, going on a Mediterranean cruise with a nine and seven year old, would Rome be fun for kids? Absolutely. I took my own children on our Rome Complete tour a couple of summers ago. And at the time they were seven and five and they were so fascinated by the entire day on our Rome Complete tour. You start off at the port and you've got around a 40 minute drive before you make a comfort stop and the guide's telling you all about the history of the area that you're driving through so they're very well entertained and then they had like a little break and then we went off again for another 40 minute drive before we hit um, the center of Rome where you go over to see the Colosseum uh, spent some time there had a walking tour Trevi Fountain Spanish Steps the Pantheon Piazza Navona and then went over to St Peter's Basilica in the Vatican City so they found it very enthralling and um, threw lots of pennies in the Trevi Fountain so absolutely really entertaining tour for children families and everyone really of all age groups this might be a stupid question Shelley but do you have to be like consider yourself religious or whatnot to go to like St. Peter's Square in the Vatican I don't believe so, because it's one of the most iconic sort of places that you can go to in Italy. So whether you're religious or not, the artwork that's within the Basilica um, is just truly stunning. And the history that's in there, uh, you don't need to be religious to appreciate sort of what you're looking at in any way, shape or form. My children, what they particularly enjoyed was actually sending a postcard from the Vatican City Post Office because uh, there's lots of nice little shops around the edge of the Vatican City and just some really great photographs to be able to show and take back home. Who doesn't want to stand where the Pope stands every Wednesday and take a photograph of that, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, next question comes from Jamie. We are traveling this summer on Royal Princess from Southampton. Are you able to provide a brochure with available tours? Absolutely. Very, very easily. Um, all you would need to do is kind of get in contact with us and that can be via our live chat system within the website by telephone or simply putting an inquiry through our website. And what we can then do here at Cruise and Excursions is tailor a brochure with all of the excursions 
suitable for your cruise, for your date import, and then we can go from there and answer any questions once you've had a browse through those. Steve asks, we are visiting Guernsey for, did I say that right, Guernsey? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. We are visiting Guernsey for our first time. Any recommendations? For sure. I mean, we have an amazing little tour over in Guernsey, and it's one of the sort of islands at the south of the UK, which is just simply beautiful and also was very convenient located sort of you know during the war so our tour that you would go on which is called scenic sightseeing tour of Guernsey gives you a little scenic drive around the island so you can go all along the coastline but what Guernsey is very very famous for is a tiny miniature little church called the little chapel and it's been lovingly decorated all inside by sort of broken plates and stones and different types of ceramics so the inside is very, very colourful, similar to that of sort of Barcelona and the Sagrada Familia and how artistic it is, but just really quaint, like a little dollhouse type of feel. And then you go over as well to see the German fortifications, which were kind of used and placed in the, on the island uh, during the Second World War as a, as a lookout. So it's a really interesting sort of uh, way to spend a little bit of time. And then one of the most famous attractions on the island is the Guernsey Pearl, which is a visitor centre and also a pearl factory. So you're able to go and see how they culture all the pearls and maybe even pick up a little bit of jewellery. So a great way to spend the day and maybe even, you know, hit the souvenir shops and spend the afternoon, uh, you know, back around the port area and sort of pottering around the town. We've been talking with Shelley from CruisingExcursions.com, answering your listener questions. If you have one to share or ask, write me an email, Doug, at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you, Shelley. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.